Hi, I'm your host, James Barrow, a creative turned marketing director with over 20 years' experience in the advertising industry. Join me as I go behind the scenes with a range of innovative thinkers. Hear what inspires them, their processes, and the methods to their madness. Find insights that can help unlock your creative potential and apply them in your life, career, and business. Right here on The B-Side with James Barrow. How can we use creativity to drive sustainability action on a global scale? On the latest episode of The B-Side with James Barrow, I had the pleasure of chatting with Mark Spakovsky, the former Chief Creative Officer of Saatchi & Saatchi Australia. He is now the co-founder of Rethink Everything, a creative company that solves complex business problems by integrating creativity and imagination to create positive and sustainable change. We go into the Rethink Everything business model and how they're partnering with brands to tackle some of society's significant challenges. And we jam a little on purpose-driven marketing. We talk about the perils of greenwashing and reflect on the needs for brands to be authentic in their actions and marketing communications. Mike and the Rethink Everything team are committed to making a difference. I'm really excited to see the impactful campaigns they will produce. Mike's a wonderfully talented, passionate guy, and he's doing some incredible things. Have a listen. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Cheers. We'll start recording now. Can you just give me a bit of a check, check? Yeah, check, check. Oh, man, that is beautiful. It's That's just a lovely voice, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lovely voice. I'm told I have a bit of a radio voice. You do have a radio voice, yeah. man. You're making me envious. We're in a beautiful part of the world as well. We are, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We're in St. Ives. We're surrounded by bushland. It's a zen-like oasis. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Great to have you in my abode. It's awesome seeing you again, my man, and um, happy belated New Year. Yes, absolutely. I think we got to, or actually early February, I think we can get away with it. So, yeah, generally, it's <laughs> What's the, the cut-off point? Pastime Australia Day, isn't it? You, you stop well, stopping. I actually think you can, the cut-off is, uh, if you haven't seen someone since, yeah, I true, think it's still true, okay, true. to a degree. Yeah, there's got to be something in, when Woolworths start selling hot cross buns, you've got to stop talking. <laughs> In you February, gotta, yeah, you gotta stop. You gotta yeah. stop talking about that. I don't know the, why we're in a hurry to, to get through the, re, the the year, right? It's, I know. Right? Yeah, it doesn't it's, make any sense. It's absolutely crazy. Hey, Mike, why don't we just go into it? You have been on the podcast before, and uh, we had a wonderful long chat. Long chat, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. We'll try and keep this one a bit more succinct because you've got some real interesting and wonderful news to share with us. But for our listeners who don't know much about you, why don't you just give them a bit of a quick summary of your background and where you've come from and the journey thus far? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's pretty straightforward really uh, uh, and for those that know me and uh, have worked with me in the past uh, I'm Mike Spakovsky and I've, I've spent almost 25 years as, a, as an advertising uh, creative really and most recently uh, I held the role as CCO Chief Creative Officer at Saatchi and Saatchi Australia which was you know incredible uh, and an amazing journey and, and probably the best part of my career. I realised that through working with brands over the many years that my focus and my passion was always with ideas that had that level of scale and impact uh, across my career whether it was you know even from its infancy working with the World Wildlife Fund you know and, de- and delivering and developing future makers uh, uh, on WWF then moving into creating you know Earth Hour which was done a very long time ago and still around today and working with the likes of Westpac and delivering you know things like Rescue Rashi which were designed to save children from drowning or, you know, telecommunications network solutions for Land Cruiser drivers when they're stuck in the outback. And, you know, furthermore, UNICEF, Fife Fund, Change for Good. And then Donation Dollar was one of the most recent uh, campaigns I did, probably the last campaign I did at Saatchi. I think the bookends of my career uh, in the comms and advertising industry are an indication of mm. 
yeah, yeah. essentially why I'm doing what I'm doing today. And can you tell us what that is? You know, absolutely, what, absolutely. What, what is it that you're doing now? Can I tell you a little bit about where it's sort of come from? Just to start, you know, I had quite a few questions around the name of the company. And, you know, for me, there was a point around, you know, I firmly believe that what worked for us in the past won't work for us in the future. Therefore, we have an opportunity to rethink everything realistically anything can be rethought probably one of the most inspiring places i've been in the advertising world is where i've you know worked with brilliant people and seen the uh, incredible ideas that we could come up with essentially what i've done is i've partnered up uh, with some pretty amazing people really Um, Mm. and my whole thing was i i don't want to do more of the same and just basically go and connect myself with more traditional kind of advertising folk because there's no expertise my expertise is creativity Mm. uh, storytelling innovation Um, so therefore i need to partner with 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 people who are experts in the field of sustainability and esg so essentially the people that i've met and, and the company that i partnered with uh, is Horizontus, who are a corporate advisory firm. Now, Horizontus are made up of uh, quite a few incredible people. Who are uh, some of your partners? Because I know you've got some pretty heavy, highly qualified senior government officials through yeah, to, yeah, you know, yeah. analysts. Yeah, yeah. I know. What's a creative guy doing with, uh, <laughs> with these really smart people? <laughs> make for an interesting <laughs> conversation, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it's actually quite impressive because I, I've personally... I didn't want to. I, I didn't know where to where to begin, and you know, you, everywhere you turn, you see agencies forming, and it's a bunch of creative people with another bunch of creative people, and a bunch of strategists, and another MD, and yeah, another CEO, yeah. and that's fine because they want to be a creative agency, right? And that's cool, but I didn't want to do that. So I met a bunch of really unique people that were all our purpose and our vision was identical. So we all wanted to do the same, same thing, yeah. but yet we all come from totally different backgrounds but collectively are all necessary in order to rethink everything to implement change and to drive that agenda and so i'll start with you know vanessa leal who is a you know communications expert some of you may know her as the uh, ceo previous ceo of herd msl which is an incredible pr firm that she was running for years you know vanessa's an expert in risk reputation brand communications corporate affairs um so she kind of really knows how to tackle these incredibly challenging issues right philip dalladakis or the honorary philip dalladakis is a is is, is incredible the honorary what makes yeah. him honorary is well, he, he was a former, former minister oh, well, there you go. minister okay, so part of me part of, uh, part you know, of my ignorance. minister for trade head of innovation he's just a little digital con- and innovation just ti- a little just bit a connected just a tiny yeah yeah, just- yeah yeah <laughs> and you know just an amazing uh strategist the knowledge and the ability i mean you think about the the situations people like philip uh, have been in uh mm-hmm. from government perspective and and at the forefront of of, of it all right and that would really help if you want to affect change and really make a difference and yeah. rethink everything i mean having that insight from those people who have been exposed to that world absolutely their entire careers i'd yeah. imagine you'd find traction quicker than yeah. you could otherwise it is it's actually bang on you know the partners that i work with are, are incredible at circumnavigating that and actually being able to get to a solution a lot quicker than anything else and then you enter into the likes of patrick gibbons patrick gibbons has been at the forefront of the australian climate policy department with specialist expertise in energy resources environmental investment and public policy issues so 
if you think about it, we're talking about um, uh, an advisor to the government. So when we get a call from a client about, say, for example, implementing a fleet of EV and an incredible a renewable system within their organization, Patrick's all over it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's, you know, this doesn't exist at a creative agency or a communications holding company. What makes us unique is our expertise and our end-to-end and that not to forget very importantly is part of our government relations offering uh, which is under Horizontus um, so you got Horizontus which is uh, you know Philip Patrick and uh, Vanessa they formed that company as a corporate advisory and then essentially met me and we created Rethink Everything so we're partners in Rethink Everything and then Horizontus also has Horizon Government Relations GR uh, and that's run by Dr. Carl Ongera, who's um, you know one of the one of the leaders uh, in Australia when it comes to uh, intelligence and cybersecurity. We offer expertise across so many facets. This is part of what I'm connected mm. to. Um, but rethink everything. We offer we offer everything a creative agency can offer. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask that. Yeah, know. we offer we offer it all. We offer. So I was going to say, what were the tactical sort of things that you would offer? You know, beyond your mission, vision, values, and yeah. what it is you stand for, which I think you've made quite clear. But yeah. what, did it, I mean, what look, do you do basically yeah, for look, clients? Our vision and who are they? Our vision at Rethink Everything is to empower Australians to drive and own a sustainable future. I mean, that's essentially what we're pushing for. You know, our, our, our mission, our view on the world is that anything is possible and that everything can be rethought. Do you know that's what a creative company does? Yeah. You know, I think again we thrive as creatives on challenges that we're faced with where someone says you can't mm. well mm. actually you know what that's the exact challenge that we require is someone telling us that we can't yeah because we will then not sleep until we can sure and we find a way like you know i think one of the things that really connected us as a collective of of people and and this is actually really core right because we talk about values people talk about purpose mm. You know, I think values for for me are really critical and I had a certain uh, level of values within me. But when I met Vanessa in particular, uh, because she was a previous uh, colleague of mine and and I'd worked with her and we had a previous, um, you know, working relationship, we sort of ran through uh, things of alignment because it's critical that you're in alignment with people you're going into business with. And, you know, I saw saw the values and I, I couldn't believe it. It was just identical to how I would think which is all about courage right courage to tackle the hardest issues I don't want your small issues anyone else can do that give me the big ones is that why you decided to separate yourself from I'm going to ask a two-part question yeah yeah. you decided to you could have gone out and founded your own traditional advertising agency for lack of a better word right yeah um, a traditional, I mean, what does traditional mean? Define traditional. I'm talking yeah. about what the I other I would be making ads. Making ads, yeah. yes, there you go. But you've decided to follow this particular journey that you have been on personally for a long time. You mentioned Earth Hour, yeah. your entire career. Did that help you having that focus create mm. the um, awareness of you as brand Mike Spakovsky with mm. these other stakeholders who realised that you were walking the talk or at least yeah. associated with campaigns that didn't just sell more things yes but changed culture correct sold more ideas that lead to positive outcomes yeah it's not like i've walked away from the advertising industry 
You're I, still advertising I'm per ad- se. I'm advertising. Yeah. It's what we do. It's just that we have a bigger remit and a much more focused point. Yeah. To I be see. going yeah. after. And so, you know, I mentioned, I think, earlier where I talked about, you know, let's just say there were 10, 25 years of my career, roughly. In the 25 years of my career, there's probably 15 projects that I love and that I cared about. All 15 of those projects that I did were making a difference to either the planet or humanity, society. And so there comes a point where you sit back as you get a little bit older and a little bit wiser and think, well, they're the things that I cared for. They're the things that I loved making. And they're the things that everyone got behind and wanted to be a part of and help and make for nothing. You know, and actually they're the things that made a difference. And... You know, in an advertising agency, there's no way you'd be able to run a successful advertising agency financially on doing work like that because there's no money in it. You're dealing with pro bonos and you're dealing with just the lack of financial uh, return. Um, But it doesn't have to be like that, you know. So if there's a way that I can still do large-scale change for good um, moving forward but try and do it always on, that was my purpose. But, you know, sort of... The, the aspect of courage, you know, as a value to tackle the hardest issues, you know, Vanessa and I talk about this all the time. It's like, give us your biggest problems. Yeah. I'll have a client that'll come in that's got no money but wants the world and I genuinely look at that problem and product and go, I will give you the world for it because I know it's important. Yeah. Um, and the last one, I think, diversity, like it's really important. Well, you guys have got a very diverse team. We do, right? In in essence, don't you? And that must really help when you're trying to tackle these big gnarly problems. And we all know that, you know, having diverse perspectives, it's not a whole bunch of mini-me's in a room trying to solve something. None of us are the same. You know, and that's what's beautiful is uh, the way we work together is quite phenomenal. And if you want to talk about problem solving on, you know, on steroids. Drop it in our room. Purpose-driven marketing and greenwashing is uh, somewhat of an issue. You know, critics Mm. say, you know, that purpose-driven marketing is all about image over real action. You've got brands like Patagonia, Tesla, The Body Shop, and it's really exciting to see their brands built around that sustainability um, direction and yeah. purpose. And you've got others, you know, who are really moving to increase their sustainability credentials in a sense. You know, you've got IKEA investing in renewable energy. You've got Coca-Cola doing the same thing with um, plant-based packaging. You've got Nike working towards sustainable materials in all of its products. How can brands balance their business goals with their sustainability goals? Because they're still going to be viable businesses. They're still going to make profits for shareholders and stakeholders and hire employees and everything else. I believe in telling the truth Mm. more than anything. So be honest about where you've been. People will understand that it's difficult to change because we ourselves as consumers, we are demanding those negative products, those negative services still. So Mm. there's not... Uh, you know, you, you, we've got to be careful that we're not hypocrites ourselves, right? We mm. sit here and talk green. Like, I can sit here and, um, you know, I was driving a V8. Uh, that was going to be one of my gas, questions. Gas-guzzling vehicle. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was a part of my life where I, I wasn't there yet mentally. I wasn't actually understanding exactly how everything was kind of working. But then it wasn't very difficult for me 
to transition. The first thing I did is I went out and bought an electric car. At the same time, you buy an electric car and then all you hear is from from brands that are selling petrol cars saying, well, electric cars actually produce more carbon than petrol cars because they're actually getting their um, energy from a coal-fired power plant. That's rubbish. Mm. If Mm. you ever hear that, that is rubbish because Mm. the petrol that's sitting in a car, Mm. right, has to come from somewhere. Look Mm. at the journey that that fuel in that vehicle has been on yes from yes. being pumped out of the ground in 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 dubai yeah to or wherever to then you know getting on a ship coming all the way over here being refined and then jump and getting put in and then then from going from where it has to go on another truck that's driven by fuel uh to the petrol station and then gets in your car so yeah, 50 yeah. liters of petrol that's sitting in your tank yeah how can that be of less carbon than charging your car from your PowerPoint yeah. for four hours to charge it. I love the way you pack that into almost like a design thinking problem or a user experience issue from the pl- supplier's perspective. If you remove the idea that it's petrol, it's just energy. And regardless of whether exactly. it be a fossil fuel or otherwise, yeah. you go, look at the barriers at the to that to journey. End. Look at that end-to-end journey. And there's like multiple steps in the delivery of the energy via the petrol-powered vehicle as opposed to, even if it is uh, a coal-based power station delivering the energy, the delivery mechanism is far shorter. Uh, So, yeah, essentially I've had to then go on that journey to go, how do I reduce my impact? So, Mm. A, buy a vehicle that's electric, but then also how do I zero actually taking any energy from the grid Uh, because I do pump energy into the grid every day on a pretty significant scale. So my house is zeroed. from, a, from an energy point of view. And then I use my car as an 85 kilowatt battery every day to charge because mm. I drive it most days. So essentially, I've sort of created that loop and there's a whole lot of apps out there. Charge HQ, which is a brilliant app if any of you uh, listeners out there have an electric vehicle and have a, a, a solar system on your roof and um, want to always only be um, charging your car with um, energy that you're making so you're not pulling from the grid, I highly advise downloading Charge HQ because it'll do it for you automatically and you never mm. have to touch a car. Um, yes, so mm. there are things that you can do. There are so many things that you can do, James. Um, people think they can't do anything. Changing your bank, changing your telco, changing your super fund. Look at the race that's happening in the EV world. It's just happened. It happened overnight. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know, like it really yeah. did. Like I think a year ago we were all thinking, where are you going to charge your car? Yeah. Um, and I just drove to Byron Bay and back and it was one of the best drives I've ever had in my life. Not only was my car super quiet and relaxing to drive, um, the charging infrastructure for a Tesla is phenomenal. And the car tells you where to go, how to do it. You don't have to do anything. You just drive your car and it tells you where to turn off, where to charge, mm. charge for 10 minutes here, take off, drive another 250Ks, charge for another 10 minutes, and suddenly you're there. Yeah. Now, a lot of people here, listeners will be like, yeah, but you can't drive your car to Uluru. Well, no, you can't today, yeah. right? But you will tomorrow because yeah. it will happen. And companies like petroleum companies, I think and even and you know whilst petroleum companies are seen as evil and and you know rightly so they they are and have been um they're also got no choice now but to change because they're actually transforming from a petrol company to an energy company yeah. because they're going to have to start supplying energy electricity charging units and stations at their petrol stations because of the growth of the EV vehicle I mean it's again it's simple right the more we educate ourselves and understand it I think the more we can change our buying behavior mm-hmm our consuming behavior 
and we can start to kind of look at alternatives to reduce our own you know footprint and this is where it's really important so so how do we then as creatives as communication experts uh, find these opportunities for the public and educate them in a really concise way of what are the changes they can make. One of the biggest um, uh, opportunities I'm working on right now, which is uh, completely different to what we're talking about, but it's exactly in the same sphere, is I'm working for one of my main major clients um, and a great client is Citizens of the Great Barrier Reef. And we're working on a full mobilisation campaign to encourage you know millions of people to support the Great Reef Census in in 2023, which is in April. So that is traditional communications. Yeah, you know, yeah, I need yeah, to come up yeah. with a pretty powerful idea to inspire millions, hundreds of thousands of Australians or people around the world to be a part of uh, this platform and help save you know, help protect the Great Barrier Reef through participating in the actual platform. It's brilliant. Um, And that requires traditional communications in all formats. So it will require, as you would, you'd make a a content piece, a TV ad, you would make, you know, all the other uh, collateral that's required for where the target audience um, are. Uh, and you'll do all the media partnerships and corporate partnerships and um, everything that needs to go along with that. The PR is critical. Uh, so that's very traditional, but the client and its purpose is for good. Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as, you know, working with, say, like a social media platform for good or working with an innovative sponge that is soaking up oil out of the oceans mm-hmm. is, is good. Uh, or working with a corporate client, you know, who wants to implement a recycling unit within their um, within their organisation, or working with another corporate client. So I'm not mentioning brands. <laughs> um, working with another client who uh, would like to, you know, implement a, 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 an EV strategy uh, and fleet within mm. their massive organisation. Well, how do you measure your success? We're talking about saving the Great Barrier Reef. Like, yeah. how would you measure that from a marketing perspective? Well, I'm trying to, trying to frame it from a paradigm I can understand. It's results yeah. for me, you know. And it's a long game. It's a long game. It's a long game but like i mentioned earlier it's the one percenters so it's if you continually make the one percenters count but just holding there for a minute you're saying engaging people um the call to action is be part of the census for the great barrier reef what was called the great the great great reef census the great reef census but you could imagine how you could quantify that quite easily how many registrations how many people participated totally there's an awareness play as well, yeah. and that's a long-term awareness play as well as uh, a performance-based play. Yeah. Like you are literally getting people, yeah. boots on the ground to help you do something, yeah. which is well, it's legitimate because you, we're we're trying to convince people to join, right? Yeah, get on board, get online, analyze images. As a human eye analyzes an image, it then directly identifies a problem out on the reef. Mm that Citizens Great Barrier Reef then send reconnaissance to. So if there's, imagine crown of thorns Mm. uh, are attacking a certain part of the reef. I mean, the reef's massive, right? No one can monitor the reef all at once, but these photos that are taken, um, uh, uh, there's there's 70,000 of them, right? Amazing, how much does AI play in? Massive role. I mean, AI, like AI within the platform, the AI is actually critical because it's just so much for for humans to have to sit down and Mm. and partake in. Mm. And the AI can get a significant way in... um, you know, setting up these images for, for analysation, right, in terms of um, being able to simplify it down. The reality is the AI 
can only go so far. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, you need the human eye to confirm it. And you need several human eyes to confirm it, not once, twice, but maybe 10 times. And then it's, it's actually sorted. You know, the other thing that we forget about is for those of us that have children, um, they get it. Like I've got an 11-year-old now and she knows more about carbon and the environment than I did when I was 30. Yeah. Um, and this is because it's a conversation that they have. That they talk about it at school. They actually understand it. Would you think us doing this and you helping brands uh, become more sustainable is more of a catch-up process? Yeah. So when this new generation of consumers, I'm going to use the word now, consumers, That's okay, you can. are able to make decisions, they're ready. Mm. These brands are ready because if they're not and you're not, you haven't got your sustainability and the ESG yeah. strategies in place and everything else, then when those consumers come of age, mm. when they're able to yeah. purchase and make purchasing decisions and brand-based decisions, then what what are you doing? What have you guys been doing for yeah. the last 18 years? They will analyse a brand online before they purchase anything from them. Mm. When did you do that? Never. When was the last time you went online in the, in the past? It was completely self-serving. Yeah. It was how yeah. does this brand make me and my image of myself yeah. feel better? Do you ever pick up a <laughs> box of biscuits, a packet of cereal or whatever and read the back of it? I do, do you, now, but I didn't know. Yeah, when no. you pick up a can of tuna, do you look at where it's caught, how it's farmed? You know, mm. no. Kids these days... They're actually kind of, it's an, it's like a natural reaction. So you've got this, I call them the forensic demographic mm. who will literally question everything. And if your sustainability uh, message, strategy, truth is not on page one of your website, mm. you fail mm. straight away. Because if I've got to go look for that down the back where they normally are, um, it's too late. It's not late for me because I'm not that kind of person, but your new audience. So if you look at brands, right, the whole objective of a brand, a successful brand has all its loyalists, right? And they continually kind of purchase that one product throughout a lifetime. You know, they'll, they'll move around, but they'll stick with it. This is what brands depend on. Imagine a conveyor belt that's going uphill and then at the end you fall off because that's when you die yeah. um, and you stop buying product. But the whole objective is to inspire new consumers, the younger generation, as a parent, what do you do? You inspire your own children to essentially buy the same products you do, but they're not buying into that. So brands now, they're dating and the ones that aren't changing and their they're, they're consumers are dying off and they're not getting new mm. consumers, mm. right? Mm. So their market share is shrinking. Their, their desire for their brand is shrinking because they're not doing good and they're mm. not doing enough to change um, you know, their products, their services for the good of the environment or humanity uh, for this specific demographic. So mm. if they lose them, they're gone. And the other thing uh, that I think is really important to note, when we talk about sustainability, it's funny how we always talk about environment. Mm, mm. You know, from a company point it's of view, a brand point yeah. of view, you know, it's about, you know, diversity, inclusion. So, mm. so that you can be measured a little bit easier. Yeah, you're for sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, internally, um, but environmental aspect is really tricky. Yeah, it's um, funny that I, I'm guilty of that. No, we all, just, everyone is. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's just the way, it's, look at our conversation, you talk about sustainability and all we've talked about is environment because it's actually the most critical, I think the biggest scale challenge mm. we've got. I think when we talk about ESG, 
it's similar to when I was in a forum, um, you know, late last year. Uh, we were, it was a whole corporate affairs, uh, you know, uh, group of people. And it was an incredible conversation to be in um, with Priya. And we we're talking about ESG and, you know, ESG stands for environmental social governance, right? And literally all we talked about was environmental. <laughs> right and then the governance aspect is what keeps us real what, yeah. what how we measure so how you, we how we hit that target so the social aspect was, yeah social know. just becomes like where's that fit in yeah um, but yeah. it's incredibly yeah. important right but i think the governance aspect is critical and it's way beyond my pay grade uh the governance um and measurement but i do think that as we keep progressing forward we will be able to measure um you know our environmental impacts within regards to being sustainable and who's doing better than who yeah i know i wonder if that's a good thing because you know that problem with a lot of people is what difference can i make that's the attitude Mm. because they see this big task of trying to now stick with the environment here different or maybe racism or a lack of diversity or whatever they're big Mm. hard issues to tackle yeah what good can i do by just you know, yeah, and quality. I mean, yeah, massive you know, issue. what can we do yeah. as individuals? And yeah. so it seems like this big problem, and that is the problem. So, for businesses who are really trying to embrace more sustainable operations and and more purpose driven marketing in a genuine and authentic way, what advice would you have for them? Tell the, as I said earlier, I tell the truth, right. Be clear about your sustainability strategy. Make that part of your brand. It can't be two separate things. Mm-hmm. You know, converge your sustainability strategy into the core of your brand because brands will start doing that on a big scale and they will win. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are telling the truth and the, one, and the brands that are making all these positive changes and it's measured and it's implemented and it's confidently discussed and talked about will win Mm. Uh, and they will convince the market to come to them to buy them to use them consume them be a part of them uh, and that's just where it's going to go and and I I think that's critical I think at the moment what we've done is we've treated the brandies over here Mm. like here we are we're really good (laughs) we're here to offer you you know freedom Um, and then over here the sustainability strategy is buried and it's being communicated separately and the two don't they converge, just two don't, yeah. they just don't converge. Yeah. So how do you now take that strategy, your sustainability strategy and all the plans that you have, uh, actually more so your ESG strategy because it's overall, it's yeah. everything and it's really encompassing. How do you converge all of that into your brand? Now, for a lot of brands, they can't because mm. they're not doing enough. Therefore, yeah, they have yeah. to come out and do this tactical you know, advertising over here. But for the brands that are all about change, mm. and if they start leading, which they will, with all this positive news, uh, you don't stand a chance. My advice is get your skates on, mm. invest make the changes that you need to not not for you not for the people and not just for the planet but for our sakes right in general because mm. we've got to we've got to start to change yeah you know as i mentioned what worked for us in the past will not work for us in the future so let's get our shit together let's start to work collaboratively right yeah and let's just speak the truth and what advice we you know we started by talking about your journey throughout the advertising career into your new business 
here um, and how that's always been linked to a purpose you've always had and this being an extension of your journey. What advice would you have to others who are still in the traditional, and I keep using the word traditional, I don't mean it by mm. the channels, I mean it by the traditional model of an advertising industry. What advice would you have to people, the young Mark Spakovskys out there who may have this, I mean a lot more people, mm. you were ahead of your time really, I mean a lot more people have this passion yeah. to, to work in this sphere. What advice would you have for them so they can turn that passion into an action? Yeah, look, my advice is uh, a little bit of what I lived by internally was the problems that you have in your own world and your own life, someone else has as well, mm. right? And as someone who works in an agency, works on a brand, uh, has you know the ability to write and come up with brilliant ideas and innovations for, for brands, take those problems that you're faced with every day in the community, whatever they may be, whether they're environmental, whether they're social, whatever they may be, and write them into your brands. Write the change that you want to happen in the world in the work that you write for your clients. Mm. Um, and that should happen across the board. That should happen across strategy, across leadership, across everywhere. Agencies should be convincing their clients to make the changes. So that's how it should work. That mm. is the power that we have as an industry of, of communication experts, geniuses, strategists, whatever, right? Mm. Media um, you know, brilliant media folk. We have the ability to to accelerate everything because if if you genuinely care for those that do that believe, um, do it. Just write it into you every day. It should become as I say, a brand should communicate its brand and its sustainability strategy in one. Mm. We should also live and work in the same way because mm. if you separate the two. How will we ever? How will we ever drive that? So, mm. I do think it's critical. So that's kind of putting agency-based pressure back on the clients to live up to these correct. things yeah. as well. So the pressure is coming from the consumer. Well, you did say we are the voice of the consumer in mm. terms of our role in that relationship, and if we're Aren't you only a communicating to the consumer mm. as the consumer in their voice, then the pressure has to go both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're looking. I at use the word pressure very clumsily, but it's not so much like yeah. there's any opposition because I know everyone would agree that this is something that has to That's right. happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's simple. You look in your pantry and you open up a, a, a box of uh, paper, uh, a box of biscuits, whatever, right? Mm. And you go, well, there's, it's in a wrapper, it's in a box, then it's in a plastic, and then each thing is mm. wrapped individually. So it, let's hang with that example. So yeah. if a, a design, a packaging agency was yeah. briefed on something, and they could say, well, part of our response and pitch would be to ensure that the packaging was as a design solution, Correct. recycled. Yeah. So a creative would look at that in their cabinet, in their pantry, and go, this is rubbish. Why is this happening? Then they'd go research it. They'd call up proactively the CSIRO and, and find some innovative new packaging they've created at a seaweed that whatever is, um, you know, doesn't require any other packaging. And it's biodegradable, for example. They would then write that in as a new line, a new product line, for their client and go in and proactively pitch it, they'll cost it up beyond the client's remit um, and actually make it viable, maybe even do some testing. Uh, and so we've got this incredible idea where we think we could reduce your waste uh, by X because we've come up with this product, we've talked to the CSIRO, they think they can do this, they're willing to partner with us, blah, 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 and off we go. Um, so 
if I was a creative in an advertising agency, that's what I'd be encouraging my, well, creative director, that's what I'd be encouraging my creatives to do is look at the brands that you work on and see how you can directly, uh, you know, drive and encourage change. And a lot of people will say, but you don't know the first thing about packaging Mm. and the cost implications and the technical and the factory changes and the line has to change. And you're going to try to change a hundred years of making something the same way. Yeah, because it's not working. Hmm. Well, it is. We're still making money. Yeah, but it's not doing good. How would you summarize that, those two statements, in a sustainable bite of wisdom? A sustainable <laughs> a little, I, A little very sustainable headline. It won't go for too long, so hence it won't take too <laughs> much time. Uh, it won't burn too much energy because you've said it in a sentence as opposed to what I just did then. So, <laughs> Look, I, I, think, I think I keep I keep going back to the same repeated, uh, the same line, which is what worked for us in the past won't work for us in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think if you start looking at everything in your household and the, thing, the way you do things each and every day is start to rethink those things rethink everything in a way you know that has negative impact not everything mm. but you know what i mean that has negative impact oh that's a bit of a plug as well as a bite of wisdom yeah. so we could say rethink everything yeah well there you go rethink everything exactly that well, could that be it could that's that, it rethink it why rethink not everything. why not could what? that be your bite of wisdom rethink everything. Yeah, i think so. as well as a brand that's perfect on that point though and so run with this plug where can people find out more about rethink everything uh, have you got your website up and running? I know it's still early, oh God, early days. Website. You know what? I don't even believe in a website anymore because I actually don't think it really does that much. Um, oh, don't say that. Yeah, no, no, no. Billions so, of my no, listeners. I, mean, I don't have does, a billions, it does. So. Look, it does do brilliant things. I just haven't had it ready, so that's an excuse. Um, uh, look, my uh, you can go to my LinkedIn, Rethink Everything uh, re- uh, LinkedIn page. Uh, you can just call me, email me, um, you know where to find me. But, yeah, any anyone out there, give us a call if you need anything, you need a hand on anything, just a chat, whatever it is. I'm here to help. We're here to help. Uh, and, and really we're here to bring people together as well and uh, like-minded thinkers uh, to kind of in, in, implement change uh, everywhere. Fantastic, Mike. Thanks again. Thanks for um, inviting me into your wonderful home. A very green home, I must say, with a Tesla in the garage. It is beautiful here in sunny St. Ives. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Mike, and you're a gentleman as always. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. You're a legend. Thanks for having me again, mate. Cheers, brother. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That was great, man. Thanks, buddy. Rethink everything. That's the uh, that's the best one we've had, mate, because it's a plug as well as a. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's always challenging, though. If you'd like to find out more about me or the B-Side podcast, please visit jamesbside.com. That's one word, jamesbside.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at B-Side Podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback on the show, please email me at hello at jamesbside.com. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. The B-Side with James Barrow is produced by me, and I really hope it's helped unlock your creative potential. Thanks for listening, and until next episode, cheers. Cheers.